I see a lot of Amazon sellers that think that they know about AI, but uh, it's really just the beginning stages. So okay. um, it's interesting to see how AI is going to roll out. And that's what we're trying to do here is bring in some of the top experts uh, that go beyond the you know single prompt. Hey everyone, this is Norm Ferrar, aka The Beard Guy here, and welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Today, we're talking about it again, AI, product development using AI, and we've got one of the foremost experts here today, very excited about that. We're also going to be talking about how AI has changed selling on Amazon, how businesses can find the right balance with AI, and how uh, and how do businesses um, find the right, uh, not the right balance? Um, it, the like, what am I trying? Is this Monday? Can anybody tell me if this is Monday? Uh, but if what you can get out of it, what you can expect out of AI. So welcome to another lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. All right, where is Kelsey? I mean, just changing things up and jumping right you, into you, 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 you are the mayor of Blunderville. Let me just let me just uh, tell you something. Uh huh. Uh huh. This is Monday. All right. So, anyways, uh, Kels, how's it going? Good. Good. Do you want to uh, jump into the the uh, um, the guest description? Did the I miss file? that? Yes, yes, you did. You're, you're really I, I fully up. committed to blundering today, right? That's mm -hmm. the new part of our uh, newsletter, the blunders. Okay, well, I could do that too. Today, we're going to be discussing the product development using AI. Our guest is the founder of Seller Systems. Uh, he is an amazing uh, Amazon seller and consultant, uh, considered actually to be uh, one of the top leading experts in the Amazon private label field, as well as Amazon SEO. His own brands have sold over $25 million. And, you know, he's one of these coaches that actually practices what he preaches. And that is what's missing with so many of these gurus and experts out there. They don't have a brand to sell. So I love that he's got his own brand selling $25 million, uh, at $25 million. And today I'm talking about Brandon Young, a good friend of mine, and uh, just one of these guys that... I got to meet at an event and we've become friends. So can't wait to uh, talk to him. Let's have a word from our sponsor and then we'll get back to uh, Squire. This episode of Lunch with Norm is sponsored by VAA Philippines. Looking for a high quality virtual assistant for your business? With the rigorous screening, intensive Amazon and Walmart training and ongoing professional development, get the peace of mind with skill and motivated virtual assistants for a long-term working relationship. Hire through VAA today. And now let's get back to the show. And welcome, Brandon Young, a return, a return visitor, a return guest. How are well, you, sir? Great to see you, man. You too. We haven't, you know, we haven't seen each other. We just talked about it before, but we haven't seen each other since Mexico. And uh, I mean, I sent you a picture. The, the, the memory of Mexico is... You talking us into going to some street cart and getting some tacos, which are fantastic, by the way. Best, but, best street tacos I've ever had in my life. But we were both talking the next day. 
Now, if this didn't go well, it was not going to be good for the conference. <laughs> Luckily, it was just a block away from the hotel. And and then they were very clear. The locals said, you can go to that corner a block yeah. away. The corner store is good. The street carts, there were four street carts. And they said the one closest to the door, the other, they get progressively worse as you get further away. And they said, just don't go beyond that. Because yeah. there were like clubs and bars, but that some areas of Mexico are still not as friendly as you should, you know, they're a little dangerous. It was worth the risk for those it, tacos. They, were, they were really good. The best. Uh, but the hot dog was the best I've ever had in the world. That was a great hot dog. And it was interesting because we kind of just threw that in. I'm like, I have to, like, anytime I see a hot dog, I got to try a hot dog. But, you know, it was uh, that night I, I went to bed and I went, if this comes back on both of us, like I'm talking Montezumas, like what would happen? <laughs> Luckily, everything was good. <laughs> you know what the key was, I think, is that anytime you're out having questionable food, you have to have at least one shot of tequila, and that'll kill any any bacteria in your stomach. You will not get food poisoning if you have a little bit of tequila mixed in. Or Mexican Coke. And I'm talking Coca-Cola. Yeah. <laughs> All, All right, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> You've gone through some changes. So Data Dive, founder of Data Dive, and uh, you were working uh, primarily. You you had to have an account over at Helium Ten to have Data Dive work. Um, now you've done some changes. You want to explain what's going on? Yeah. So it was it was to a point where uh, we would we were piggybacking and having our users pull their data from their Helium Ten account in order to power the way that we feed, the way we would uh, manipulate feed the data back to you in a usable way. Uh, and that's kind of what we're known for is just uh, being able to, to take the data and give you the most usable reporting from it so that you can mm -hmm. go ahead and, and, and you know, optimize your listings or make product decisions. And so um, that's really was onerous. Like we couldn't expand the markets or to users that didn't have Helium 10 because their subscription was going up in price. It was really expensive. So to add us on top was very expensive. Now, this was good for us originally, though, because like we didn't have to buy the data ourselves. And so when we tried to work with Helium 10 on maybe buying the data separately through an API or, um, you know, disconnecting, they weren't as interested and so we started looking for data sources and uh, Jungle Scout, who's been in the industry forever, they were like one of the first ones in the yeah. uh, Amazon data space. Um, we ended up testing them against seven other data sources, including Helium. And it ended up being that we got more keywords. And when we benchmarked the search volume against uh, Amazon, they were a little bit more accurate too. So we were comfortable with making the switch, but now we have to pay for it. So you just don't need any other subscription anymore to power data dive uh, at this point. You can basically just sign up and start using it on its own. So you don't have to have, that was my next question, uh, a subscription over at Jungle Scout. If you've got a subscription right now, you could just go ahead and use that subscription. Yeah. Well, that's you can great. You power all the tools we provide you just with Jungle, uh, just with data dive now. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. It's the same cost as it was before. Yeah, same cost. Uh, we've got uh, we're we're starting to create different levels now, and mm -hmm. that'll be rolling out in the next month. 
to where we're going to have a, an entry level at like $36. And then you'll be able to basically throttle up any of the tools you're using. So if you're mostly using it for product research, you want to do more dives, then you can get more dives. If you want to, if you're a copywriter, you're doing a lot of copywriting, you're optimizing your listing a lot, then you can increase the number of AI copywriting that you do. If um, so, there's there's it's going to be able to basically be controllable by you based on usage, which will be a lot lot better than the current situation. All right, so let's get in to AI. AI is the rage. Uh, I I hear you talking about it. I see a lot of uh, Amazon sellers talk about it. I see a lot of Amazon sellers that think that they know about AI, but uh, it's really just the beginning stages. So um, it's interesting to see how AI is going to roll out. And that's what we're trying to do here is bring in some of the top experts uh, that go beyond the, you know, single prompt. And uh, anyways, so... We're talking about AI. How has AI changed Amazon for you? Oh my God. I am so excited about AI. So I'm eat, breathing and sleeping product design and development and mm-hmm. uh, with, with my brands again. So for a long time, I was the one doing the product development and the launches. And then I kind of, we've built up this team and I kind of handed it over. And last year, I'd say that our success rate had dipped. It was to be expected whenever you hire or replace yourself, you're looking for people that can do it maybe 70% as good as you. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're naturally going to get a little less efficient, but then I can focus on other things. And what I ended up doing is as soon as mid journey came out and I started playing with it and I was like mind blown with how, how good I could get with designs because my, my bottleneck was always, Hey, I want to launch four of these types of products. Get me some design. And then two weeks later, I'd get back five variations that I was okay with, that I didn't love. Mm-hmm. But I was like, that's the right direction. That'll be all right. Let's test it. Let's see. You know, maybe we'll try it. But with Mid Journey, within an hour, I can have 40 designs that I love. And I'm like, okay, which of these three are going to be the best? Which of these three already can beat the best selling incumbents on Amazon? And so it was that excitement that got me back over to China earlier in the year. I've been there twice now for uh, four weeks and three weeks at a time and just visiting factories and saying, how do I take this idea, this concept, this, this uh, design and turn it into a real product? So I, uh, <laughs> I basically was going factory to factory and talking to factory owners and figuring out tooling costs and mold, molding costs and customization costs so that I could make some of these designs into a reality and figure out what that process looked like and what that cost looked like. And yeah, I've taken over back, back over a lot of the design elements for our products. Now I only get it 80 to 90% of the way there. And a lot of times I'm in toys. So I'll just design unicorns and dinosaurs and characters and animals. And then I'll have my team put it into the product or on the product. And then we hand that, you know, file to the to the factory now. But everything, uh, it's not just product design that's going to change. It's going to be in product development, the speed. It's going to be how good of, uh, you know, how good the features are of your product. So everything from analyzing the features and benefits your competitors have, the reviews, how uh, what people like about a product, what people don't like, 
And then the copywriting needs to have a mix between uh, optimization for SEO and conversion when speaking to the avatar. And the AI is good at identifying even who the avatar is or who the typical buyer is. So everything has just improved significantly over the last few months. And like you said, it's just the beginning. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm so stoked. I'm all in. I, I, I dump, I'm tripling down in my business because of it. And we're building tools into Data Dive to, to, to help you, you know, basically empower you with AI. I'd love to see what that's going to be, uh, what that's going to look like. How long away are we until we see some of these tools uh, implemented into uh, into your app? Well, two of them just launched this week. Uh, oh. And the first one is the product brief tool. This is the analyzer. This is the one that you really need to understand. So you and I have been teaching for a long time, and you're great at this because you are a branding and a, and a product guy. And so you have to go see what people love and don't love about a product. You have to really understand your customer at a very, very high level. And so one of the things you you would spend a lot of time doing is digging through hundreds of reviews, thousands of reviews. So that, that would take hours, tens mm -hmm. of hours to really do it right. Like what are the features of each of the uh, each of the products? Like what do they purport to have? What like do they have an extra zipper here? And what's the purpose of it? Um, and do people like it or not like it? What's it missing? What could what could we do better? What are people buying with it? What could you bundle with it? We have now the product brief tool where you select 10 competitors, the top 10 competitors. And within 10 minutes, you're given all of that information. It digs through all of the detail pages, all of the reviews. It tells you um, all the features and then you select them. So it's really, really cool because you can, it'll give you 25 different things that it thinks are features. And it'll say like the grip, nonstick grip, um, comfortable, uh, can be used multi-purpose, has a slicer added to it or whatever. Like if you're talking about a garlic press, right? So then you could just select the features you want to add to your product and then move on. And then it says, okay, here are all the things people said they like about it based on the reviews. This is in the reviews, it's had all these different things people complimented. Then the next section, you select the ones you want to make sure you include. The next section says, here's all the complaints people had. Here's all the things people said they didn't like about it. And you could select all the ones you want to make sure you avoid. And then, um, and then it'll tell you some, the AI, this is the most mind-blowing thing. The AI, based on all of that data and information, will tell you what it thinks you need to do to add value. So what are the value-added recommendations from the AI? And then the next part is it identifies the top eight uh, buyer personas or avatars and says, this person buys it for this reason. This person buys it for this reason. This person buys it for this reason. So you know how to position the product and the packaging to speak to that buyer. And then once you select all these different things, you can hit a single button and it makes a, what we call a product brief that you can hand to your factory, your sourcing team to go build the perfect product, to build a product that's going to outperform your competitors and avoid the negative reviews. That's already out. Wow. That's, I, I had no idea that was already built in. So we had it in closed beta with our inner circle members for probably a month, month yep. and a half. And then we just went wide in beta with all users. Very good. Wow. I, I, I don't know where this is going to go, but I, I don't, I do know you and I do know your app and it's going to be cutting edge. I, I just know it. Uh, <laughs> all right. So now let's talk a bit about businesses and where to where can businesses like right now, 
I, I think a lot of businesses want to get into AI. They don't know how to get into AI and where can they find the right balance without going shiny object? Like you can shiny object okay. this to death. A lot of people take this as a, like, uh, the might take this the wrong way, right? If you're not disrupting yourself with your best products right now, your business is at risk. Mm. This is like, I can't warn people enough. You might have 15, 20, 30 SKUs that are selling well. And if you're not looking at those SKUs and saying, how do I improve this design? How do I make it better? Now, someone's going to do it and be to market in the next six months because of the speed. So the way businesses that are already doing well need to think about AI is to think about how do I make my products, my current products better from a designs perspective and an offer perspective? So how do I disrupt myself? And secondly, how do I add additional variations so that I can improve my conversion rate and have some kind of moat? How do I add IP or designs or copyrights? How do I add enough variations by launching more designs so that I can uh, have a higher conversion rate when these new guys enter the market? I can, I can maintain my advantage. The next thing is going to be how do I, what are the next products I'm looking at and how quickly can I get to market to start launching new products? Um, the third thing is going to be around optimization and SEO. What AI is allowing us to do now at this point, uh, because of like our tool, for example, it was always great from a data perspective to know where your gaps were. So if you look at the master keyword list, you would see. Uh, and I'll give you an example. Like when we were at Billion Dollar Seller Summit before we were in Mexico, the uh, I did my talk and I gave a case study and I said, hey, this is just the product I found. It's a card shuffler. It, it's like a six deck card shuffler, but like automatic card shuffling machine. And I put the top 15 on there. And I said, this guy's the best seller. He has double the sales of everybody else. He's crushing the market. But you know what? Based on the data on the master keyword list, he's got two or three keywords that he's not doing great on. He's like number 30, number 50. And to me, the reason that he's, he's not doing well is if you look at those keywords and you see what the, re, what the common word or phrase is, it was two deck, right? Because he was selling a six deck shuffler. But if, it's, if it shuffles six decks, it definitely still shuffles two. So he was just missing two deck in his entire listing. Now, Amazon thought it might be relevant but they weren't sure. So they kind of soft blocked him because he didn't build two deck anywhere into his listing. He didn't write it anywhere. And I said on stage, I said, if that guy goes and rewrites his listing and says, instead of saying uh, shuffler six deck, which is a less, less volume keyword, but if he wrote two to four to six deck in his title, just change two words, he would immediately rank better for those keywords because he was top three for every other keyword and his, his conversion rate was crushing and he was by far the best. So he had the credit in the bank to rank for those keywords, but Amazon was blocking him because his relevancy score was not high enough. I got off the stage. I walked to the hallway. A guy chases me into the hallway and says, mm -hmm. hey, that's my product. Uh. <laughs> Later at dinner the next night, because I said, the first thing I said to him is, please make that change and let me know what happens. The next night he comes back and he shows me a keyword, uh, keyword tracker chart. 
all of those keywords and like 10 more he showed me went from not indexed at all or ranking poorly to top 10. And he said, we just did the math. He said, just that change will probably make us an extra $100,000 this year. Wow. That's the power of understanding how data works and understanding how to parse the data. That's what data dive was already good at. The next step now is to take that and know which keywords to use based on the algorithm, which keywords to use, what order to put them in, where to put them in your listing, and then what, um, what match type to put them in, right? That's the math behind the algorithm that we're good at. Now, the next step is to write the listing with the, with the, with the SEO, proper SEO, to write the listing to convert by speaking to the avatar. That's what the AI is good at. So anyone can just say, write me a listing with ChatGPT. And it'll write something that sounds awesome. But if you don't have the data behind to back it up for SEO, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to end up with uh, holes in your indexing because you're missing certain like root words or phrases. You're not going to have the maximum ranking potential based on the match types. So you have to do both. You have to do both. And so what AI allows you to do is take the SEO, hand it to the AI and say, use these keywords in this order, in this, in these positions, in my, in my bullets and in my, my title, but now also write me something that's going to speak to the, the buyer and convert. Now I can start to outperform my competitors at a better, at a better rate because I'm going to increase my conversion rate significantly because I'm, I'm having a better conversation. So that's the three steps. Those are the three steps I would take for, for any seller, but especially existing businesses. Disrupt yourself, add variations to your existing listings, find new products and start building them quickly, and then go and start optimizing your listing using AI and using the right data. Awesome. Now, uh, hopefully that guy gives you a gift of some sort uh, for, you know, getting them up a hundred thousand bucks in sales, but even just a a couple of burgers or something. (laughs) Um, All right. It's the bottom of the hour. Uh, We have a lot of uh, listeners right now. We probably first time listeners. Um, If this is your first time uh, at the end of the podcast, we always give away something and it's called the wheel of Kelsey. Uh, Today, we have some great giveaways. Uh, Plus, uh, we have a couple of add-on giveaways. I just saw one of our listeners wants to give away one of his products. So uh, we'll do that as well. Okay. So if you're interested, uh, Brandon, what is up for the Wheel of Kelsey today? So I've, I wanted to give away a few because I want to give three, uh, three people a chance to get a free month of data dive. So All right. that way you can, you can take it for a test drive. You can, you can uh, run your, your products, your listings. You can look at new niches and you'll have basically unlimited usage of a bunch of the, bunch of the tools for, three, uh, for a whole month. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. So, and again, I saw Rad... Um, in memories of his late daughter, he is going to be giving away one of his products today, which is awesome. Thank you so much, Rad. And we're going to also be giving away, this is to one person, not for all three. And then we'll give away a tariff terminator. So one person is going to get all that. And then we've got the three in total that, uh, that Brandon's going to give away, which is awesome. So let's go over to a sponsor and then we'll come back. This episode of Lunch with Norm is sponsored by Shergo Marketing. Ready to take your brand to the next level on TikTok and Instagram? Shergo Marketing specializes in helping entrepreneurs and coaches build profitable brands on TikTok and Instagram and in less than 90 days. 
With Shergold Marketing, you can build your brand, create incredible video content, and increase leads without spending a single dime on ad spend. Visit ShergoldMarketing.com today and elevate your brand. Now, let's get back to the show. By the way, I see uh, Shyla is on uh, under Ben Gross, I believe. Shyla, I'm in. Uh, I just found out that I'm going to be in New York on Wednesday, so I don't know if you're around. Cigars sound good to me. Uh, okay, uh, let's get back to this. Uh, we don't have a lot more time. We'll get to the questions right away. Uh, let's just get into one more question. And unless you think that there's a better question you should be answering, but what roles and tasks are best suited for AI? Yeah, I think uh, we're at a position where it's going to be, it's going to be almost the entire, uh, all, all of your org charts should be using AI at some point and it's getting there. Right. So I think you have your product team, uh, product development, and then you have your, your product managers, um, that's the optimization side. You're going to have AI with logistics and with inventory management very soon if you don't already have it. So it's going to start to be able to dig in and, and suggest where to send inventory, how many mm-hmm. units to order, uh, to optimize your efficiencies there. And then, uh, marketing. So PPC, our goal and our roadmap at data dive brings us to a full self-driving PPC tool. So our first PPC tool. Do you think that's going to be realistic? A oh, fills, yeah. You, oh, you yeah. think so? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we teach and what we do with, with PPC is the way that we group things, the different types of objectives that you need with your PPC with regards to some of it being to push BSR or, or velocity, some of it being to push keyword ranks, some of it, you know, prop, you know uh, some of it is just for profitability. And you have you have all of these different objectives. It's very difficult for you to have twenty products that you manage by yourself with potentially a thousand campaigns, you know, targeting thousands and thousands of keywords, and do that effectively. Because what you need to be looking at are managing also deals for conversions. So you need to have regular deals. You need to manage pricing. You need to manage coupons, and so. You have so many levers that you can pull on the marketing and the management of the marketing uh, and so many things you need to be looking at on a regular basis that AI is just going to do it so much better than you once you solve it. So we're kind of we're building some of these rules based PPC to begin with, with the dashboards to understand the impact of PPC on ranks, the PPC on tacos, not just a cost and profitability per campaign per keyword which is the way a lot of people run their PPC. Mm-hmm. And then to, to really start to be able to turn that over to um, an agent that can, that can play with levers and really understand, you know, what lever does, how, how does it affect these thousand things? And then, and, and then really start to get an idea of how that data, uh, like where the right mix is. Now, the other part of that, that that most people get wrong is that when you're just doing PPC, the, the PPC can only be so good based on the optimization, the SEO and the data and the content. So you kind of need a solution that can analyze um, how good your co- content is, the 
effectiveness of it from a click-through rate conversion rate relative to your competition, make suggestions on improvement, and also know how well optimized your listing is from a writing standpoint to maximize rank potential. So that's the that's where the AI comes in, where it's going to it, everything needs to speak to each other. It needs to analyze so many different inputs in order to give the right direction. Uh, and and so we're probably realistically eighteen months away from turning that on for everyone. Wow, wow. Well, let me know. <laughs> let me be a beta. I'll, I'll make sure you're in the beta. <laughs> all right, all right. Very good. <laughs> Okay, we have a ton of questions uh, and even more that are just coming in now. Uh, but uh, Kelsey, why don't we get into those because we have uh, about, what, 10, 20 minutes to go? Yeah, yeah. So we can uh, skip the wheel of Kelsey um, or push that until after uh, we say goodbye to uh, Brandon. Right. Uh, so we have more time. Um, but yeah, let's see. Uh, from John, uh, prompt engineering is a huge thing with AI, especially generative AI. Curious to see what Brandon thinks about open AI compared to Anthropic for best prompts for mid-journey. Yeah, John, I think that uh, I've I've experimented with both and I experiment, I've, I've created basically some um, outlines. Um, I went through a course uh, that our mutual friend Steve Simonson had um, and recommended uh, he has a great video on YouTube where he talks about, um, and then there's a resource that he has access to through his uh, cooperative where you can um, learn how to train your open AI, like your, your chat GPT uh, to uh, give you mid journey prompts. And that's really interesting. So essentially I came up with a framework for um, what elements I want to include to begin with to try to prompt the AI to give me some, some open prompts. I don't want to be too specific in the beginning because I want to see what it thinks. And I want new ideas, right? So the other part of that is that once I prompt it, sometimes I'll be, um, I won't know what elements to ask it for. So what I'll do is I'll find examples of products or images that I really love on uh, somewhere else. So Google, Google Images is a great resource. And I'll take that in and I'll ask MidJourney to describe it. So if you use the slash describe function and you upload an image, it's going to give you four potential descriptions of that product. Now, most of the time, that's not the most accurate. Like if you just use that same prompt it gives you, you're going to get something completely different. Uh, but there will be an element. It'll say in the style of a random artist I've never heard of. <laughs> right? And so... I'll use that element and I'll say, okay, what does that do? And I'll throw that into my template and, and then see what it comes up with. So it's prompt engineering is very iterative and it takes a while to get it right. And you have to, you have to fight with it and you have to, you have to, sometimes you've built up this really long prompt, sometimes cutting it way back and making it more simple again, will get you better results. But yeah, prompt engineering is definitely a skill set that's, that you need to get really good at to start, uh, getting the results you want, but it's it's something that I think anyone can start diving into. So I don't want to take like an exact prompt from ChatGPT and throw it in, and then as a starting point. Sometimes I'll start with less, less, and sometimes is more. Yeah, I've been um, I've been playing around a lot with Anthropic or uh, Cloud. Uh, cloud is actually I think what it's called, uh, but uh, Cloud C L A U D E. And I'm liking it. I, I like it a lot. And 
I might even, depending on what I'm using it for, I like it better than ChatGPT. Plus, it's got, you can add up to 75,000 words. I've been trying to oh. uh, create this fictional novel. And I need all these different things that are always coming back and relating to probably about 20 different things. The atmosphere, the settings, the character development. And this is perfect. It's almost impossible to do it with ChatGPT. And you can do it quite easily, actually, with, with Claude. And um, just playing around also with all of them. There is something, uh, Steve Wiedemann was on the other day, who's probably one of the foremost, uh, most intelligent people, a person, person that I know in AI. Now, there's a lot of people out there that are top people, but uh, Steve Wiedemann, um, put it this way. This is hilarious. Uh, for SEO, you, you might know Steve. He, when you used to type in SEO expert, XVO, uh, SEO consultant, SEO whatever, he was number one. Until he got razzed by the SEO community that, you know, oh, you know, just trying to be number one. So he had to take it down. And what? he was, yeah, yeah. So now he like, Look, I'm going to hire an SEO expert and then they're not ranked number one. Yeah. Or on the first page. Like, <laughs> but this, this guy, he, he's awesome. He's been on probably four or five times and his textbook is on SEO is used by 40 universities. Wow. And anyways, now he's taking SEO for um, for the internet and he's working into in AI and he's telling us all these different things that you should be doing. And one is summarizing. And so there's a, uh, I think it's just called, uh, uh, oh, I think it's called GPT summarize. Kelsey, maybe uh, if you could look it up, but it takes BARD and it ta uh, takes a lot of the LLMs and just summarizes it and which would be the best answer then you could just pick ah okay yeah it's pretty cool yeah that is cool but anyways all right next question yeah uh that plugin is called chat gpt summary um, oh, okay yeah uh extension cool. for google um okay next one uh from our facebook user can you value the importance of a keyword at a specific location let's say if the keyword is in the title it has a weight of 50 if it's in the bullet points, it's 40, in description, 25, in search terms for 35, for example? Yeah, title is definitely more important from a weight perspective, uh, the most important. And the beginning of the title is actually more important than the middle or end of the title. And what we found is after character 150 that sometimes you don't get indexed at all in the title. So you want the shorter titles um, or use that last 50 characters for you know, descriptive stuff, stuff that you think will help sell the product. Um, and additional additional um, information about your variation, um, you know, how many, uh, whatever, like if it holds water, how much it holds, right? Like you can put that towards the end and it won't hurt your indexing as much. The, uh, the second place is actually the subject matter, but the subject matter to me is a, is a no-go zone. I don't recommend using it because I've seen too many times when Amazon will just remove it from an entire subcategory. And you get de-indexed. And the reason is they don't want anyone abusing it. And so you can easily abuse the subject matter field because it is it indexes so heavily. It's really, really strong. So oh, are you, I, are, sorry, sorry. Uh, are you saying to cut back on using subject matter field? I don't use it at all. I don't recommend don't. using it at all. Because I've seen too many times when they get rid of uh, what's in there and all of a mm -hmm. sudden you have a bestseller that no longer is a bestseller. 
and and like and it's really tough to recover. You have to rewrite your listing to figure out what was missing, what now the indexing is missing, and um, and then put that in an important spot and try to recover and hope that the uh, the algorithm reads your listing to give you the weight back. And you have to throw some marketing at it. Uh, and sometimes it's impossible to recover. It, it's I've seen it kill products. Um, hmm. So I don't know what their pol- official policy is going to be moving forward, but I just feel feel like it's not worth the risk. The keywords section is good, but it, it the keywords um, is weighted less than the description. So it would probably be um, its title, subject matter, description, and then keywords, and then uh, not description. I'm sorry. Title. Um, Bullets are the next part. Sorry, I, I was saying description. Title, uh, subject matter, bullets, keywords, and then description. That'll be the order of importance for your keywords. All right. Okay, next. All right, this one is from Tony. Uh, if you had only 10K USD to invest in Amazon 2023 as a newbie, what would you advise? I think 10K is reasonable. I think less than that, you start to get into a really tough spot. Um, really, there's two levers with regards to your budget. It's going to be the velocity of the product and the landed cost, right? So you can basically have a wheel. What we have is a grid. We have a, we have, and then what we usually recommend is that you have to take your lead time at the factory plus your shipping time plus two weeks. That two weeks window gives you an idea whether it's working your conversion's good, it's going to be a good product and gives you time to reorder it. So if you have something that you're making in China that takes 30 days, then it takes 45 days to get here on the water and to check in, and then you have two weeks, you need 90 days of inventory. You need you need three months of inventory. So that can be a lot. Now that 90 days of inventory and it sells 10 a day, you're looking at 900 units times a $3 landed cost, $2,700. Then we usually double it because you need a down payment on the next order. You need to have marketing expenses. You have you have stuff that pops up that you need to pay for. So you, you I usually take that landed budget and double it. And then that's the budget I need for that product. So a $10,000 product, you can find something that what you're landing for about five bucks sells 10 a day and you have 90 days of inventory. Um, yeah, that's not bad, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's that's. Um, you can still get it done. I think that's not a, yeah. that's not it's a, tight. It's tight. But you also need to make sure you're entering a niche where 10 a day puts you in the top, you know, top four or five sellers. A lot of people will enter into a fast moving niche thinking that they are going to be okay being the 12th best seller. And everyone ahead of them is moving more units. And what ends up happening is if you execute your launch well and your design well, you start to sell more than you expected because you did it right. Like you did your SEO right. You did your marketing right. You launched the product correctly. You did the right PPC. And what ends up happening is now you run out of stock and it was a good product for you, but you couldn't afford it. And then you lose your money because that first order is sometimes tough as to make, it's sometimes tough to make money because you had your launch expenses and you had all this stuff that you did. And then by the time that next order gets in, you've been out of stock for more than 30 days. That's really hard to recover because of the way the algorithm works. There's averages built into your ranking algorithm. It's a much longer conversation than this. But just trust me, once you hit 30 days out of stock, you've accumulated a lot of negative history. It's really tough to recover sometimes. And so you're kind of like, 
you're always playing this catch-up game that you just can't afford to play. So you got to make sure that you analyze the product properly from a data perspective to understand what the true velocity potential is, order enough inventory to make sure you're not running out, and also uh, have enough capital and, and units, right? Are you sourcing everything in China? So, yeah, we're 99% China. Like, yeah, everything everything's in China. We, we went to that Mexico event because we were looking to potentially move some things or try to start making some things in China or in Mexico. Um, they're still not at the level there. Like, uh, it's very difficult to get. Like, toys are our main product. Yeah. And uh, an injection molding plastics company that can make the quality of plastic toys um at the volume we need and with the with the right level of qc just we can't find it and then the wooden toys we sell they said they can't paint the toys <laughs> we found some wooden factories and we're like okay can you make these and they're like we can do everything but the painting i'm like well i can't send it without the painting so what does that mean <laughs> well you can no no i got it i got it you can make it a do-it-yourself kit that's true. There yeah, we, we go. Sell some, we could sell some kits. And uh, all yeah. right, you and me, we're, we're going to do this. <laughs> okay, yeah. next question. All right, from Simon. Uh, does Datadive have a stocking tool? Will it be able to create FBA shipments? Uh, then the warehouse can use it for managing our inventory. our inventory management tool is not built. That's uh, like fourth down the line. It's it's we're more likely going to end up uh, partnering with a really good tool there that, or acquiring someone that sits separately and interacts and, and, and then ties in with us uh, than, than building that. That's um, a much different animal. Uh, there's a few good tools out there that have invested two years and millions of dollars to build something great. Like uh, one of the newest on the market is Skewpreme. Um, and those couple inner circle guys actually that that have spent the last couple years building that hmm. okay and going back to the previous conversation um you wouldn't double up and have it in the subject matter too just to double down and if they remove subject matter then you still have it indexing elsewhere in the listing well the problem with that thought is that it doesn't it's not cumulative credit so it's only going to pick it from one spot so if you do get it picked up from the subject matter and then that gets taken away you can't guarantee that the algorithm is going to go reread the other part of your listing without making a change usually when you make a change the algorithm goes in and rereads it uh so yeah it's 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 a risky game okay and uh what ai tools are you primarily using besides midjourney so now Datadive is the main one, right? So like our listing writer ties in with uh, with GPT and then uh, we feed the prompt based on the research. So it is just a writer, but with the data backing it up and our algorithms. Uh, and then the uh, and then our uh, product brief tool uh, where we go analyze all the competitors and then get the feedback from that. So those are the three ones that you need the most right now, I think, um, from a product design perspective and an optimization perspective. All right. And then we have some questions about um, how, using Datadive. Uh, just, I think we mentioned this at the very beginning of the podcast, but uh, Brandon, does uh, Datadive still work with 
uh, H10, should we use jungle scout instead? And then also uh, we transitioned from Helium 10 to Jungle Scout and purchased a subscription. Um, is there any benefit to having Jungle Scout or can we uh, just use Data Dive anywhere? Yeah, I think, so from a product idea perspective, they uh, Jungle Scout has a great product research tool similar to like Helium 10's Black Box. So you basically feed in different criteria and then it spits back everything that meets that criteria that's on Amazon. And then I really like Jungle Scout's um, sourcing finder. They have a tool. Uh, it looks at all the inbound shipments from customs. And you can put in a product and it'll it'll tie it to that and then tell you who the supplier is. So you can find suppliers through Jungle Scout too. Outside of those two tools, I mean, they, they've got a couple cool things. But those are the main ones I use Jungle Scout for. Um, and then their subscription for both of those is very cheap. Like, um, I don't know, I think it starts at like 40 bucks. A month just much more affordable than than helium 10 so but it's up to you i think i think uh data dive is is if you can figure out how to get product ideas you don't really need much beyond uh, data dive okay and you guys have uh what is your what is your code for data dive uh the affiliate code Oh gosh, it'll probably be beard lunch, something like that. Uh, Kels, if you could check that out because we do have uh, a code here. If Kelsey's on on his job, but you will save. Uh, so the affiliate savings, if you use, if you you know, it, it buys uh, Norm and Kelsey, uh, uh, you know, coffee, a, a coffee, uh, if you use it, but it also saves you fifty dollars. So you per month, uh, yeah. and that's ongoing. So you want. You definitely want to know what that code is and then and then use it. You know what, Kels? Uh, we should kind of do this during uh, a show when people like Brandon are on and maybe we can get smart and do this. <laughs> we haven't figured out this game, like almost 500 episodes. I'm so we bad still, at it, too. We, we still I, haven't figured it I'm out. I'm the worst at it. I had I, over I a, thousand, a thousand um, Inner Circle members and Helium 10, right? Like I'm, all of them use Helium 10 because I teach yeah. it. I was teaching it for years and I would get credit for like a hundred people. <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I'm so bad at this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, oh, there it is. Kelsey found it. All right. It's, um, All right. it's Norm. Okay. <laughs> kind of figures something along there. Okay. You're just about at the end. Uh, do you want to, it, it's uh, 1254. Uh, I don't think we have time for another question. Yeah, we can. I'm. I'm. I can go in through uh, through through one and push. Okay, it. let's go one one question and then Brad, Brandon's uh, Brandon's out of here. Okay, uh, we got one more follow up. Uh, what about keyword and rank tracking? So our rank tracker is in closed beta in the inner circle. So if you're in the inner circle and you request, you can get access to it. Um, so the the way that we've built it is very different than what people are used to if you use Helium 10, because what we do is we grid it and then we import it directly, the keywords directly from up to the top 500 from a master keyword list directly into um, the tracker. And then we allow you to track by root word, which is basically how we parse and, and set up our PPC. The reason we do that is because roots really perform similarly um, together. So if you have the root represented and the root is just a repeat, repeated word and phrases, re repeated word and phrase. So like felt diaper caddy would be a root phrase. 
whereas gray diaper caddy would be a different root phase uh, phrase. And so all of the gray or all of the felt should perform similarly. And if you have it represented well, the keywords should move together if you target 20 keywords that all have felt diaper caddy in them. That's just gives you an example. So the way that we do the tracking is that you can narrow it and you can actually group them by root and you can you can parse the data, the tracker into different reports. So you understand how you're doing from different roots perspectives. Uh, and then you can see a grid, which is day by day. So you can see the most recent day in performance and then you can go all the way back uh, like weeks. So you don't, um, you don't have to kind of see like a, a an abstract trend uh, per keyword. You can you can really see the rank number per keyword over time and really see how it's moving based on color coding and stuff like that. So we've we've built the UI UX to be much different, I think, much better. And um, the one thing that we're plugging in and figuring out is how this data that we're buying with Jungle Scout can help to to support it, which is. That's the challenge right now because the Jungle Scout data uh, will update every day or every other day. And for when you first launch a product, you kind of want that report. You want it pulling the data five times a day or 10 times a day, right? Like, so it's not, it's in beta uh, and we're, we're getting feedback on the UI UX and now we're solving the the, the data side of it. Uh, with, but to us, it's going to end up being the best product tracker or, or keyword tracker on the market. Okay, that's it. Uh, I just, I have one quick question. Yeah. What was it like being a star on Storage Wars Miami? <laughs> it wasn't even, I wasn't even a uh, star. It was a, it was a cameo. I know, but it was so cool. <laughs> I tell you what, it is so staged and terrible. <laughs> and, and anytime they would say, look, uh, I need you to do three takes of pretending you're making a bid, right? And so they would just put the camera at you and you'd have to do like so whatever, right? But it wasn't live in the action happening. It would just be like they some B-roll they could cut to. Yeah. And everything is just put together and fake. Not but reality also, TV. The, the real bidding is the real price being paid, though. And the the guys that are stars on the show just want to throw their money around. So the deals were the worst. Like a, a locker that should go for like 300 bucks was going for 900 oh. just because these idiots were fighting each other to for stardom on the show. So it was a complete waste of time to be there if you were just there to try to make money. But I had to go to his taping and like be on the show just to like see what it's like. And so, yeah, well, I'm glad I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to get your autograph <laughs> at the next hot dog stand. <laughs> You're, so I need yours. You're you're definitely much more famous than I am. Oh yeah, yeah, right. So, thank you so much for being on. This Norm, is I love you, man. Thank you so much for having me, and I uh, can't wait to see you soon. All right, we'll see you later. All right, everybody. I hope you got a lot out of this. I know I did. Uh, it's always great to see Brandon on the show. He always delivers. Uh, anyways, uh, let's see, Kelsey, where are you? Hello, hello. What do we got to do here? All right. Well, we've got the Wheel of Kelsey coming, and also we need to do a little ad read as well. So um, just to let everyone know, we've got a ton of giveaways happening right now. Um, we've got uh, three giveaways of Data Dive for one month. Uh, we've got a uh, solar headlamp that's available um, for one lucky person, and then we have a free tariff terminator. So we're going to be spinning the wheel five times today. Nope. You nope. got it three times. One person is going to win all three. 
Okay. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Okay. So get your last entries in and uh, we'll be back in just a few seconds. This episode of Lunch with Norm is sponsored by Rebate. Attention sellers and brand owners want to reach more shoppers and boost sales. Rebate's platform connects sellers with shoppers seeking great deals on new products. They make it easy to offer promotions, handle rebates, and ensure seamless redemptions. With countless reviews from satisfied customers, Rebate is the go-to solution to increase your sales. Visit Rebate.com today and start reaching more shoppers. Now let's get back to the show. All right. All right. So here is the Wheel of Kelsey. It's time for the Wheel of Kelsey. All right. So thank you, everyone, for entering today's Wheel of Kelsey. I believe I got everyone. There's quite a few people. I'm going to shuffle these up. And uh, we'll do, do you want to do the big one first or last? Last. All right. So this is just for the data dive. Uh, let me see. The first winner is. And the winner. Oh, who is it? Like oh, it looks Tony. Me. There you go, Tony. All right. That's for one winner. I think it's pretty cool that uh, you just need to stand alone now with Data Dive. I was uh, surprised at that. Yeah. All right. Winner number two will be, looks like it's maybe Steve, Steve maybe Redbeard. Oh. Redbeard. Oh. All right. And then the big winner for Data Dive, um, Tariff Terminator, and the Headlamp. Headlamp is only available for US, so if you're not, we'll have to figure that out but um let's see who the winner is if you are the winner of any of these prizes email me k at lunch with norm <laughs> rad. rad wins his own <laughs> okay you, so. you know what i'm sure brad's gonna say uh do it again so uh let's do it again for rad's uh uh solar lamp yeah okay so rad won the tariff terminator yeah, he almost won it again Justin. All right. There we go. All right. Okay. So we got lots of giveaways today. Um, And by the way, uh, just keep your eyes out for our 500th episode. We got something really special coming up. Uh, This is uh, 479. So within the next, within the next two months, uh, we'll be at the 500th episode, uh, well before that, actually. And uh, we've got something really special planned. So um, anyways, just wanted to give you a, a little hint uh, what what's happening. Uh, Kelsey, let's finish this thing off. Okay, so thanks again for everyone entering. Um, just to go through the winners again, we have Tony um, is the winner of Data Dive, Redbeard Data Dive, Rad. Data Dive and Tariff Terminator and Justin wins the headlamp. So congratulations. Fantastic. All right, everybody. That's and great. Uh, make sure you smash those like buttons. Follow us on uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, we just hit 3,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube. So thank you, everyone, for that. And, uh, yeah, thanks for watching, everyone. All right. 
Very good. And don't forget, if you want to check out our journey on TikTok, it's uh, LWN Deals. And by the way, we've never explained what Kelsey's doing. He's come up with a concept, something very unique, a different look. He goes out and he finds really great deals uh, that are 4.4 stars or better, so no garbage. And uh, he he puts together multiple multiple deals within each TikTok video. So if you're interested in seeing what he's doing, love to hear what you think of it. And uh, like I said, I'm I'm really surprised at how fast it's grown over the uh, the last month and we found out that there's a lot of different avenues. Think about this as a seller. You could do all sorts of different things and you might be doing different types of uh, social media or you might be doing PPC or you might be doing something differently. If you don't split test or try different things, you'll never know what will take. And I can tell you out of all the social platforms that we've used, TikTok is just taken off for this particular campaign. So don't forget to test things out for yourself. What works for one product is not going to work for another. And that's all I'm going to say. All right, everybody, uh, join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We've got a great week this week. So tune in. And uh, like I always say, uh, we have a great community. If you're not part of the community, you can join us on Facebook, in our Facebook group at Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA collective. Want more great information? Don't forget to subscribe by clicking here. Also, if you want to check out our latest podcasts, click over here. Lunch with Norm. Lunch with Norm. Lunch with Norm.